0: Alright, good morning Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning KP. Good morning Double B. Here we are. Today's Wednesday. It is January 26th of 2022 and here we go. It feels uh, really cold this morning.
1: It is. I turned this little heater on as soon as I walked in here this morning.
0: Uh, yeah, the actual temperature is 21. Oh. the feels like temperature is 9. Mm. That's the wind chill. It is going to be sunny today, but we're barely going to get above freezing. Yes. So, heads up mm. on that uh anything exciting happened in your world yesterday
1: um a basketball game got canceled a high school basketball game got canceled my son's game because uh of a COVID issue with all the refs there's some stuff going on with all the
0: refs what do you mean
1: like just there's not enough
0: right they didn't have enough refs are you serious yeah so the teams were able to go and play Mm -hmm. but there were no referees correct Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I was reading earlier that uh, you know numbers in Arkansas like the most new cases and hospitalizations. Even though we're being told the Omicron variant isn't as severe, mm-hmm. uh, just because so many people have it, there are going to be people get, that get hospitalized, mm-hmm. and it's causing all kinds of issues. Yes. We have issues in our family, I like know. multiple people who have tested positive. And if you remember early in the pandemic, you know we didn't know anybody. Then you knew like one person who had it, and they were kind of distant, and and now it's like I think currently we have three. Maybe five people in our family that have it. My brother is finishing his quarantining because he had it. God, Yeah. People at work who have had Mm -hmm. it, some that still have it. So it's pretty much a mess out there. Uh, We'll talk to Dr. Shane Spites later on this morning about that, because obviously we need to know what's up. We need to know, have we hit the peak? Because that's one of the things, you know, you see in the media is, oh, I think we've hit the peak and it's going to be down. But why is it not going down yet? So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, let's see here. My day involved. Uh, my wife has a new curriculum for homeschool for Kai, which is going to start today. Yeah, he's awesome. excited, you know. Good. Yeah, because they've been doing so many of the workbook deals, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she found an online deal, like an online yeah. curriculum that she's all excited about, and he's excited about because today's youth—they're so geared toward technology. Mm-hmm. And maybe this will make him even more excited to learn.
1: It could be just like a little jump start too. Like it's something. It is something new, and I think there's something about kids. They get bored. Yeah. I mean, uh, I get bored. Yeah. So just having that
0: new something, it might just you know make him really excited. And boom. So hopefully yeah. that happens. You know, he's real smart, but at the same point, you know, he gets kind of. He's like his dad. He's like, okay, I've been here, done that. Yeah, um, I did go out. I went shopping because uh, oh. Leslie kind of she kind of dropped the the news that. She was trying to get on the computer, and, and she was having trouble getting on the computer because Kai didn't want to get off the one computer. And then I said, well, you could use the iPad, right? And she wasn't real excited about the iPad idea because um, there was no mouse. And I said, well, it's even easier without a mouse because you just use your hand. <laughs> but she thought it was difficult, so I said I'd buy her a keyboard, and she didn't want that. So I got her a laptop last night. Here I am last minute going out trying to shop for a laptop. You know how long it's been since I bought a laptop? Gosh, I'm going to have to get one eventually, and, and I'm not
1: excited about it.
0: So, you know, you go through the whole thing like uh Mac, you get a Mac and order the Mac, or do you go through and you get a Windows, and there's Chromebooks out there, and I was trying to research the difference between those, and yeah. Uh-huh. It was, most of my day was spent trying to figure that out.
1: That's not good.
0: Uh Today's January 26th. Again, today is National Peanut Brittle Day, mm. which... That kind of makes me think of my Nana. That seems like something that Nana's like. My mom loves peanut brittle. Bet she does. she chomp away on it. She loves it. She like a saw going through wood. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's also National Australia Day today. So, good day, mate. How's it going down under?
1: Put another shrimp on the barbie. On the
0: barbie. I'm Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) I'm Superstar Bill Dundee. Oh. I don't even know I don't know if he's from Australia uh, he, Well, we say he is <clears throat> It's also, let's see here, uh, National Spouses Day too So you can celebrate your spouse today if you have one
2: Let's throw one back on this day in country music With Brandon Baxter in the morning
0: So the year was 1996 And Faith Hill had the number one song in country music on this day 26 years ago today It Matters To Me was the number one song in country music
3: Maybe I still don't understand The distance between a woman and a man So Tell me how far it is How you can love like this Cause I'm not
0: Do some Faith Hill, y'all. Six years ago, Faith Hill at the top of the charts. We're on
3: 1883 right now. Yes. Well, Faith Hill. It matters to me.
0: It's Faith Hill. It matters to me. Number one on this day in 1996.
2: This is Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon
0: Baxter in the morning. Are you doing it big on a Wednesday morning? It is January the 26th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well... She's got three words for you.
1: Good morning, Arkansas! Brandon Baxter
2: in the mornings. Gotcha Gossip.
1: Gotcha Gossip today on Mila Kuna. So Mila's in a new commercial for AT&T with her husband, Ashton Kutcher's ex... Demi Moore. Oh, gosh. So oh, that in, is not a good one. <laughs> so in the ad, the two women play themselves. They're dressed up at a high school reunion, at their own high school reunion, which, by the way, they went to the same high school.
0: Wait, that's legit? Yes. I didn't know they that. They did go okay. to the same high gotcha.
1: school. So both Mila uh, Mila, and uh, Demi or are sitting there and they both mistakenly believe that they're about to be presented with the award for most admired alumni. Oh, so man. imagine them sitting at a table, they're with all their girlfriends and they're all confident, girl, you got this, get ready. Yeah. And they're getting ready and whatever. And then all of a sudden uh, it doesn't happen like they think it's going to happen. Here's a clip of at and new ad featuring Mila Kunis and Demi Moore. And now for our high school's most admired alum. Get up there. Oh, shut up, this is <laughs> embarrassing. No way, it's me. Is that good acting? That's why it's you.
3: <laughs>
1: you know her. You
3: love her. You wish you could be her. It's Anna Gomez! <laughs>
0: Our first Gagillionaire.
3: billionaire, g- 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 g-
0: what? With AT&T Fiber, Anna's got the fastest internet with hyper gig speeds.
4: Give it
3: up for Anna. I had no idea that
1: we went to the same high school. We have a lot in common. Please get off <laughs> my stage.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so at the very end, Mila says we have a lot in common. That's funny.
0: I'm just going to tell you, that is a really cute commercial. And whoever had the idea, mm-hmm. like that's good stuff so you, right there.
1: You can check it out. It's on YouTube. Just search AT&T with Mila Kunis.
0: Also, when you see both Demi Moore and Mila Mila Cunez. Yes. I want to fist bump Stri- Ashton Kutcher. Real strikingly <laughs> similar. Yeah, um, but golly, that's pretty yeah. neat. Go, go, Ashton.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, got your gossip today on
3: Adele.
0: We've been following the Adele saga, the drama, the last couple of days. She canceled her shows in Vegas last week at the last minute, twenty four hours before the first show. Uh, she blamed COVID, but here's what we're hearing from behind the scenes. People who were there uh, were saying that Adele had been there for about a month rehearsing and getting ready for the show. So it wasn't some last minute deal where she showed up and wasn't happy with the set. She had been there. Uh, and they say that uh, pretty much behind the scenes, she barely ever had the chance to rehearse because she was constantly in what they called in the middle of an emotional shootout, crying, screaming, mm-hmm. On the phone with her agent. And they believe a lot of that could come from, uh, you know, the relationship status of Adele and the stresses that come with that. So again, the more that uh, we hear about this, the more that it sounds like it wasn't just COVID that caused the issues for Adele's Vegas run.
1: Got gotcha you gossip today on John Krasinski and Steve Carell, y'all. The band is back together. They're gonna reunite for the first time since The Office in an upcoming movie called If. Yeah. So If is John's original idea about a child's journey to rediscover their imagination, and he's the one that's writing and producing it. Ryan Reynolds is also gonna be a part of the oh, cast. Uh, but John and Steve's last project together was The Office, so this is this is it. So I bet they're gonna have a good time working on this. But this movie will premiere November 17th. 17th. 17th,
0: 2023. All right. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got you gossip.
2: Arkansas's morning show is
0: Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, let's celebrate Australia today. Today is National Australia Day. I've always heard from my friends who have been there, like my wrestling buddies, that it's one of the most beautiful places you can go.
1: And one of your best friends lives
0: there. Who's that?
1: Anthony Wiggle.
0: Anthony Wiggle. He does live in Australia. Yeah. So. Uh, and he literally is uh, one of the people who interacts with me the most on social media. He
1: likes all your stuff.
0: From the Wiggles, Anthony. So shout out to Anthony this morning yeah. and all of our friends from the land down under. Oh, I don't know why I said it like that. Go ahead
1: and put another <coughs> shrimp.
0: On the barbie, up in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't
1: think they say up in here.
0: Mm-mm. but No, you know, I don't think so I think either. that's one of your things. Uh, what do they say? Good day, mates. That's kind of a good day, mm-hmm. mate. How mm-hmm. you doing up in here? Uh, I was looking through like <laughs> some of the most popular people who are or bands you know from Australia or people who lived and were raised in Australia and there were some that kind of surprised me okay I think the most surprising and I'm not sure why I didn't know this was AC/DC is literally an Australian band You didn't
4: know? No. I had
0: no idea that was true AC/DC from the land down under You know the band NXS? Yep. They're from Australia.
3: So, if
0: you like that, this is also some NXS. We're celebrating Australia today.
3: Alright,
0: did you realize that the Bee Gees... Lived in Australia. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: So they originally were born in England but raised in Australia. What about Rick Springfield? What? Australian? You know, I wish
3: that I had girl. You know, mate. Alright.
0: How about Savage Garden? Do you remember Savage yes. Garden? Australian?
3: I wanna stand with you on, on a mountain. mountain.
0: I wanna bathe with you. I did like me I some Savage Garden. Garden back in the day.
3: But <laughs> y'all figured that though, didn't
0: you?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Air supply, Australian.
3: I'm so lost without, without you. you.
0: Country's biggest star to represent Australia was actually born in New Zealand and raised in Australia. Hello, Keith Urban. Again, if you just turn this on, it's. National Australia Day. So we celebrate, we salute.
3: This the drifters and all of the dreamers are ready fly. All those wannabe rock stars are lifting their guitars and painting
0: And of course, yeah. if we're going to talk about the land down under, I come from a land oh, minute work. Sounds a little more like Australia than ACDC to me. But let's celebrate today our friends in Australia. Friend and Baxter in the morning and today's
2: best country all day.
0: All right, today is <clears throat> National Spouses Day, so you can celebrate your better half. so they say, anyway. They were doing a survey of people who were married, and they were asking them uh, different things, right? And they were like, um, what percentage of the time... Is it that you believe your spouse gets on your nerves? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they said about 44% of people were like, oh yeah, it happens all the time. Not everybody, Uh. not even half. A little lower than you thought? A
1: little bit lower, yeah. I think that's people not telling the truth. You
0: think so? Uh Like they're going to get in trouble if they told the truth?
1: They probably had to answer the survey in front of their spouse.
0: Oh gosh, you can't do that. It has to be in private. They were asking the most common things that annoy people about their spouse, right? Selective hearing came in at number one. Yeah. <laughs> Snoring came in at number two. And then being a control freak was right up there, too. Hmm. Like nobody wants to deal with somebody who always wants to be in control. Uh, no. Or always be right. Uh, arguments, right? Arguments on a regular basis. Only 16% of people say they argue on a regular basis.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These all seem like they couldn't be true, right? Yes. Uh, they say 10% of married people say they love their spouse, but sometimes they wish they were single so they could go out dating again. <laughs> 90% of people don't, though. Only 10%.
1: Huh. Okay. Must be younger.
0: Uh, wow. 17% of people agreed with the statement, my spouse is a slob. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> Forty-four percent say that uh, the spouse, the husband and wife, they split the chores pretty much evenly. <laughs> um, what? You're you're huffing a lot. Are you having breathing issues? No,
1: I just, I, yeah, I have asthma. Uh,
0: well, did that I develop in the last two minutes? Yes. And they also talk about the things that we appreciate about our spouse, because some of that stuff has a tendency to go on the other of the other side of appreciation. Uh, but the things we appreciate about a spouse are our spouse being a hard worker. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, They say that people appreciate the fact that they can be themselves around their spouse. Mm -hmm. So that's always super important. That their spouse can make them laugh, which is great. That their spouse is smart. The spouse is supportive. And they're a great parent. Those are all things you can appreciate about a spouse. Again, today is a day to celebrate. It is National Spouses Day.
5: I know this sounds crazy.
0: Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. People are
1: crazy. Police in Vero Beach, Florida got a call about a 30-year-old named Eric Bennett who was, quote, visibly intoxicated on an unknown, unknown substance. Hmm. Well, while they were talking to him, they noticed his pockets were filled with something because his pockets were bulging out. So they asked Eric if he had any weapons on him. And he responded by telling them that he had a full bag of syringes in his pocket, but he claimed they weren't for drugs. They were for fishing. Fishing syringes. Yeah. He said he used them for fishing, but didn't elaborate and he didn't have any other fishing equipment with him. Although he did have a cigarette pack with a bag of fentanyl inside. Mm -hmm. So they arrested him for possession. Eric has been arrested in the past for grand theft, drunk driving, driving without a license and possession of drug paraphernalia. He goes to
0: court next month. Yes, you could say he has a little bit of a track record there. Yes.
1: But speaking of telling police you are headed to fish, what's the difference between a piano, a fish, and a bucket of
0: glue? Oh, gosh, I have no idea.
1: You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. And there's even more proof (laughs) that people are crazy.
2: Brandon Baxter in the Morning, featuring Double B and Kelly Perry.
0: And, Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy
3: birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Uh -uh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you.
0: Well, well, well. Time for birthday sport. Today, it's Wednesday, January the 26th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Lily Jones of Jonesboro. Kay Brianna Farrell of Jonesboro celebrates a birthday today. Chase Burns, happy birthday. Keith Bradshaw celebrating today. Nate Looney has a birthday, so happy birthday to Nate. Kenneth Martin, happy birthday. Justin Strong of Jonesboro. Katie Everhart of Jonesboro celebrates Haley Thomas. Of Jonesboro. Uh, Karen Dale from Jonesboro. We have Kimberly Carnes from Wynn. And Lee Haynes is turning 40 years old today. The Big 4-0. Happy birthday and love from your family. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say... Happy birthday birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities.
1: Brandon, so do you remember the Octomom? She had the octuplets. Yeah, Nadia Suleman. Yes. They are 13 today. Oh, my gosh. 13. Happy birthday,
0: octuplets.
1: (laughs) Happy birthday today to Sasha Banks, who is 30.
0: Yeah, WWE superstar. She's actually in The Mandalorian, if you remember. And, like, the real life cousin of Snoop Dogg, so yeah. she's one of my favorite females in yeah. WWE. Happy birthday to Sasha Banks, who celebrates today.
1: Rachel DePoe is 31. That's Dr. Sarah Reese on Chicago Med. Andrew Ridgely is 59, the sole surviving member of Wham!
0: Oh, yeah. Can we do mm-hmm. some Wham? Yes. So see if you remember some Wham! I don't know, maybe the song, Careless Whisper." i never
1: gonna dance, dance again.
3: Some
0: Wham. See if you remember I am sure you remember this. one Wake me up. Hey. before you go go. Don't leave me hanging
3: on like a
0: yo-yo. Go.
3: Wake me up
1: before you go go. I
3: don't want to miss it when you
1: hit that. Andrew ridgely Wake of Wham 59 today. Wayne Gretzky is 61 today, of
0: course, hockey legend.
1: Happy birthday today to Ellen DeGeneres, who is 64 today.
0: All right, and so today would have also been the birthday of the legendary Eddie Van Halen from Van Halen, he would have been 66 today, so I mean, it's time. Let's do some Van Halen. Might as well jump. jump. Might as well. Go ahead, jump. Eddie Van Halen would have celebrated his birthday today. With the devil. You know that one? more Van Halen
4: Eddie
0: Van Halen's birthday would have been today I mean you go back through that library there's a bunch there
3: One
0: more. So a big happy heavenly birthday today to Eddie Van Halen. This is
2: Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It's January 26th, and y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you.
1: Good morning, Arkansas!
2: This is country music news on Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: We have country music news today on Kenny Chesney. She
2: thinks my tractor's sexy.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. It really turns her on. She's
0: always staring at me. All right, so we have a brand new song from Kenny Chesney. It's called uh, Everyone She Knows. And the song basically is following the story of a woman who's living life on her own terms. Uh, She's unbothered by what every other person in the world is doing because really at the end of the day, you got to be happy with yourself, right? So again, the song is called Everyone She Knows. It is a new song from Kenny Chesney. And here's a sneak peek.
2: Everyone she knows is getting married. All the girls who used to get around cut their hair up to their shoulders spend all their Sundays sober now. And everyone she knows is having babies. They got tired of fighting with a club. And their mama's always asking if she's ever gonna have one. She's born with all the boys. And minute too damn mode. She's sick of summer love, but the winter's just too cold. She's a Marilyn in blue jeans with a touch of Jackie O. She's stuck
0: between seventeen and everyone she knows. The next radio single from Kenny Chesney—it's "Everyone She Knows," and that's what's coming soon to the radio.
1: We have country music news today on Keith Urban.
3: Uh, spread it and fly
1: So Keith Urban announced that he is adding five additional shows to his Las Vegas residency, and they all take place before Memorial Day weekend. So we're looking at late March, the 25th, the 26th, and the 30th, also with two early April dates on the 1st and the 2nd at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace. Tickets go on sale Monday, January 31st at 10. And right after Keith Urban is done with his Vegas run, get this, in May, he heads out for his The Speed of Now headlining tour, and that goes all the way through November. Like he's on the road almost for a long time. But Keith Urban, busy schedule ahead for all of the information. Just go to KeithUrban.com.
0: All right. Country music news on Miranda Lambert. So Miranda Lambert's talking to Rolling Stone and she talks about how the pandemic completely changed her life. When you really think about the life of an artist, for most of them, they are on the road for a large part of the year traveling, going different places, playing different shows. And she says that the pandemic taught her that she really had to slow down and enjoy the simple things. She's like, I've been working for 20 years on the road. And she said she had to learn balance and she had to learn that sometimes she's going to go and just paint a room or she's going to watch her husband uh, make bread. She'll sit and watch and just really take the time to enjoy things that she hasn't had the chance to do very much in her adult life. So, I mean, I think we look at the pandemic and we think, can we turn any of this into a positive? And maybe the intentional time is one of those things that you can do. Uh, Miranda is another person, though, going on tour. If you want to check out her tour schedule and see where all she's going to be playing, you can go to mirandalambert.com. That's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome
6: back everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now
2: back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
0: And today we welcome back the good doctor himself, hey, Dr. Yeah. Feelgood. He's
2: the one that
3: Dr.
0: Dr. Shane Spites. So he's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic <laughs> Medicine at Arkansas State, Dr. Shane Spites. My most frequent text, even beyond my wife, is Dr. Spites. So
1: embarrassing, Brandon.
0: What's up, man? How are you? Good Wednesday morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. Well, we were hoping that at some point you'd be able to tell us this was over and we're still not there. And I was reading some stuff that says uh, with the pandemic and numbers in Arkansas, like we're hitting high points still.
7: We are, but it's more of a plateau. So Yes, you're, you're right. So we're not, like we peaked um, maybe several days back or even a week back, we peaked at about 14,000, 14, 5 in terms of our cases. And we're kind of hanging out and hovering there. So you'll see a drop, 8,000, then back up to 11 or so. So if you look at the graph itself, we've hit a plateau. So we've not continued to go higher. We're just kind of hanging out. So hopefully here in the next seven days, We'll see a decline like the rest of the country is starting to see as well.
0: Here's what's crazy, though. You know, like we've talked about how the phases of us dealing with this, like early on, we heard about the pandemic and we didn't know anybody who had COVID. Then we knew one person. Like literally right now, this morning, I can think of of five people that I'm close to, including family, five people that have COVID right now. Uh, And we're sitting here going, (laughs) like, it's spread so rapidly. Even one of the stories, and I shared this with Shane via text. My wife traveled out of town to go visit uh, family. And by the time they got home, they realized that one of the people they visited had tested positive. Shane, it feels like it's everywhere and you can't get away from it.
7: It it absolutely is, Brandon. And and you hit the nail on the head in terms of of how transmissible and contagious it is. So this virus is everywhere. And it's really one of those, if you haven't had it yet, you're going to get it at some point, or, you know, you, you certainly know somebody who's had it or has it right now. And so this is this is unique to the Omicron variant, which is so different than the original strain of COVID, the Delta variant, really anything else we've seen. The concern is moving forward that we may continue to see some, some more transmissible variants like Omicron. Oh. The question is, well, hang on, the question is, is it going to be more like just the common cold where it's a sniffle and a cough and you're not wearing a mask for it? Or is it going to be more of an issue like we saw with Delta where you have people that are really sicker? And the reason why we've still got a lot of hospitalizations, have a high, the highest hospitalizations we've had during the pandemic have been during Omicron. And people say, well, well wait a minute, I thought it was a, I thought it wasn't as, I thought it was a milder virus. It is, but the sheer number of people that are infected increases the percentage. And it's like, you know, if you take 10% of 100 people versus 10% of 1,000 people, yeah. you know, that's where we're at.
0: I like the way you mentioned that, because that is, I mean, that's that's one heck of a way to look at it. But we're, we're going here, and like, Leslie, we felt pretty confident that we were going to a place or that they were going to a place that was fairly safe. And, you know, by the time they get home, they hear, oh, my gosh, somebody's tested positive for COVID. We know now that, you know, Leslie was there, and Kai was there, and Leslie's mom was there. And Leslie said to me at one point, she's like, I mean, what do we do? Just stay in? Do we not go anywhere? Because this is the type of thing that ends up making people upset and, and a little yeah. bit angry, too.
7: And and that's, and first of all the answer is no, it's not that you stay in and that you have you know shelter in place kind of thing, uh, but certainly not with the omicron variant. But you just you just have to be mindful of what you're doing. when You're out in public, and you know that's why. And I know people hate hearing about this, but you know that's why we recommend the mask. That's why we have alcohol hand sanitizer in our cars. That's why you know to be honest with you, I've, I've not gone to any concerts or any mass gatherings because I know this is going to come down. I know this omicron wave is going to drop. And it's going to drop fairly soon. So I can wait a week or two to go after some large gathering somewhere.
0: So as we, as we go through and you know, people have all these different ideas of, oh, my gosh, this might work and that might work. We, did a, uh, we told a story, I guess it was yesterday morning, uh, where they were saying, hey, if you drink red wine, the chances of you getting COVID are 17% less than, uh, than if you didn't drink red wine. What do you think about stats like that?
7: So I'm actually familiar with that study, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that study. It was a, it's the one I'm thinking of it was a European study. Yes. And this is a really great example. This is a really great example of when we when when researchers look at studies, the first thing you've got to figure out is the results of the study. Were they were they by coincidence, or was it causal, or was there causality? Meaning, was there something that caused the outcome, or was it just Randomness that happened. And let me give you an example. Let's say that you and Kelly both have an ear infection. Right. Let's say the ear infection needs an antibiotic to be treated. Okay. So let's say I give you the antibiotic, but I don't give it to Kelly. Okay. And you get better. Right. So the question is somebody might say, well, well, hang on a second. Maybe Brandon got better just because he's male Mm -hmm. and and that Kelly's female. Maybe it wasn't the antibiotic at all. And so you start digging into all these questions when you look at large studies like this to determine if this happened by coincidence. Or was there actually a causal reason? Well, this study itself, it was something that they looked at and they said, hey, this seems to be something that happened in this group versus this other group. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, let's be clear about alcohol. Alcohol hurts the immune system. Alcohol does not help your immune system. And so, um, you know, in general, alcohol itself is damaging to the body. Now, in theory, are there things within um, red wine that could be helpful? In theory, there are, but you need to know you can get the same thing out of grape juice. Okay. So you could get the same thing. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the, the alcohol. And I know, Nobody's I know telling about that. White wine hey,
1: champagne. Dr. Spites, are you saying that Brandon was spreading falsehoods? No, don't say <laughs> that. No, I, no, no. I'm
7: not, I, and it's okay to say, because some of that stuff is interesting. Yeah. And it makes you think, and we should think about this, that we should talk about it.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's talk through this. Because um, you kind of brought up the whole medicine thing, okay? So I want to go there, and I want to bring up um, a deal that that we've heard a bunch about through text messages and and family contacts. Um, and just tell me that, like, lay it out for me. There are a lot of people who have heard, you know, and it's kind of like the people who don't want to believe in the vaccines and all the different stuff about Ivermectin. Uh, you know, you've kind of told us in the past that, that you don't believe that's probably a good treatment, but we have people in the family who say, Oh no, so-and-so got sick. And uh, they, uh, they took Ivermectin a couple of days after they started to feel bad. And then within a day or two, they felt better. Um, Is that just coincidence because it's the course of the virus, or is there really maybe something to that?
7: So this goes back to exactly what I was saying. And to be honest with you, based on the evidence we have now, because we studied ivermectin, I'll tell you about that in a second. The answer is this is coincidence. This is, you were probably going to get better anyway, and your body did its job by fighting off this virus. Ivermectin, remember what ivermectin is. It's an antiparasitic Ivermectin does a great job. It's used throughout the world to fight off parasitic worm infections that occur in third world countries right. that re- that are damaging to the healthcare systems in those countries. And so, ivermectin is a great drug to destroy parasitic worms, gotcha. and it works specifically by blocking certain channels in those parasitic worms that make them die. There was a theory that there might be something that it could be used for COVID. And what they did was they worked on it and put it in a petri dish and gave it like a hundred or a thousand times more than the human dose could take, right. and thought that they found some sort of reactivity there. It's been produced over and over again in terms of human studies, and it's not been shown to be beneficial. So it's not been shown to be helpful at all. And even we've got large societies. The Infectious Disease Society of America says, "Don't use this. This is not not something that's be, to be used for COVID. It's not helpful." And so we continue to have multiple research studies, well-controlled research studies come out and say, you know what, this doesn't help. And, you know, we'll and they'll keep testing it, but none of the studies that I have seen show any benefit from that. And so I think what happens is, and there's something to be said about, hey, I took this and I felt better. I get that. I really do. But you have to really dig down. There's got to be a well-quality study to say, is really what you took made you better? And now you and I have talked about this, Brandon. The same thing happens with, to be honest with you, with most people that maybe go to a clinic or somewhere and get an antibiotic for a viral infection. Antibiotics do not work for viral infections. They right. don't. Right. They don't work for viral infections. But you probably were going to get better anyway, and you may attribute it to that antibiotic that you got.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think most of us go through that cycle. And until you educated me to that, I was under the false belief that that happened. So why would people then, if they're on the ivermectin train, why would they be so steadfast on it if you can say and you have and you have the data to say hey this doesn't really work it's not really showing that it's helpful why do you think people stay on that train what do they think well, people are doing to try to, to detract from ivermectin
7: and and I get that and I I think this is where we talk about the the uh, pandemic and how it's become political and how it's become you know one sided or this side and so we've really moved away from the research. We've moved away from the science. We've moved away from what we know to be true on the scientific side. And it's, you start, you start, it starts becoming a deeply held belief that you hold on to, and you're not willing to give it up. Um, and and I, I, that, that's a shame. I hate that. And I think that's been more damaging probably throughout this pandemic than anything I can think of is that kind of misinformation that's just propagated. And it just continues to spread, you know, through word of mouth or through social media when really it's not helpful for the situation that we're in. Um, and I look, I'll be the first to tell you, I've been really frustrated sometimes by information that comes out or comes out prematurely or I'm scratching my head saying, this, why did the CDC say that? That doesn't make sense. You know, what are they trying to do? You know, they just need to put out scientific research, not politics. So I've been frustrated as well. But some of this stuff has been pretty, you know, black and white in terms of once we've done the, the data and done the analysis, it's like, okay, this isn't helpful. Um, and the other thing too, and I'll, let me just go back to this one more second. On the antibiotic piece, you know, most people say, well, it's just an antibiotic. It's not going to hurt you. And so it's benign. It's not going to make it, you know, so if I do have something, maybe it'll help. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the case anymore. We know now that those antibiotics um, actually are hurting you um, over time. And what I mean by that is you have normal bacteria in your gut and in your system that your body needs to kind of maintain a normal homeostasis or a normal um, equilibrium. When you knock that out... You throw that off, and it can take months for it to come back uh, to a normal functioning immune status.
0: Well, and I think you know when you go through and you think about that, how many of us have gone through and you, like, hey, I don't really feel good, and somebody says, hey, I have some some antibiotics in in the cabinet, I'll bring it over. Mm. We hear that all the time; that happens all yeah. the time. And I think you know doctors would tell you not to do that, but now when you say it, we might understand why.
7: Yeah, no, absolutely. And one, day, I mean, we're moving. From a technology standpoint and a medicine standpoint, we're getting better and better at being able to move to an area that we call precision medicine. And what we mean by that is that, you know, maybe Brandon needs this type of antibiotic at this dose based on his genetics, but Kelly needs this different medicine at a different dose because of her genetics to fight the same infection. And that's going to be a whole new world for us once we get to that level and we truly are tailoring our treatment for each individual patient.
0: Walk me through testing, and then uh, then we'll we'll be done here. But um, so you know, I, I came in and I tested. I was pretty sure that I had COVID because my wife had just had it. I felt worse than I had, and I'd been sicker for a long than I had been in a long time, and for a longer period of time. Uh, I tested negative. Right, Kai sicker than he's ever been in his life. He's twelve. He tests negative. We had a coworker who went in on like she felt sick in the middle of the week. She masked, tested on Thursday, negative. Tested on Friday, negative. Went back on Monday, tested positive. What's the deal with with us testing and and like the timing seems to, it needs to almost be perfect for the test.
7: You're exactly right. And that's really something that we struggle with on the medicine side is that because, you know, we had in our minds, you know, much like everybody else, we get kind of stuck in our own minds in terms of, okay, this is how the coronavirus replicates. This is when we should be able to pick it up on a test. And we were using that kind of theory based on the original strain, even the Delta strain. Yeah. And then Omicron's different. Now, all of a sudden, well, the incubation period's shorter. And so we've got a shorter window of when we can catch it in terms of when you turn positive. And we, you know, well, the rapid tests are it is sensitive in some cases. The FDA's come out and said that. And the PCR test, again, that's also based on timing. And so, and I actually, um, because you'd ask about this, I actually put it in a Facebook post. Uh, th- that we put out a few days ago to try to explain it because it's frustrating. Yeah. I'll say this, though. In general, certainly now, we talk about all the people that have Omicron and all the people that are sick. We know pretty much what those symptoms are. And so uh, I think I said this in a Facebook post. If it if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. Um, now, the only caveat to that is is we want to make sure we don't miss influenza because it can be very similar. Yeah. But if you test negative for the flu, Certainly, in what we're seeing now, this is probably Omicron.
0: So, okay, I'm gonna let's put it right out there. Then this will be the last part. I came in. You saw me personally. You know what my symptoms were. Uh, you saw Kai. We both tested negative. Yes. Do you think, even though the test came back negative, both sets of tests, do you think we had it?
7: Yeah, I do. Because you were you got to realize you were both classic. You were classic in terms of your presentation, and you had a known sick contact. Yeah. So we had a known exposure a known household exposure, and you both had classic symptoms.
0: That's so crazy, though. So we really need to be careful. Even if you go and you get a negative test, right, and you feel like your workplace is trying to force you to come back quick or whatever, we still need to be hyper careful even with a negative test.
7: I would say so. And one of the things, too, and this is, again, I know people don't pay a lot of attention to this. This is not new. Like, we do this during during bad flu seasons. Hmm. Once we get, like, a a flu that's really circulating in the area, to be honest with you, some of the, reg- the recommendations through um, our normal um, um, healthcare uh, uh, resources and stuff, they'll say, look, once it's in your area and everybody's getting sick, you don't have to test everybody. You can go based on symptoms alone to diagnose it. And so that's not new. Like, that's something we've always done, is that we don't always have to test when we know that it's widely circulating in the community.
0: Golly. So much great information from the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine. At Arkansas State, it is Dr. Shane Spites. And Shane, as always, I appreciate you on the radio. appreciate you always (laughs) responding to my text messages, (laughs) to seeing me in the clinic. I appreciate all that, man. Absolutely. My new BFF. There you go. Thanks, Brandon. Fist bump, (laughs) Dr. Shane Spites. All right, fist bump. On the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc.
2: You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning
1: Right here
2: On the big 107.9 K-Fine And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling
8: Services
0: What? We're joined this morning by our buddy, our friend Oh goodness From the Jonesboro Police Department Please welcome Brian Arnold Brian, what's up, man?
1: Nothing
8: much. Did you play that song because Kelly requested? Um, she Bertie loves it. Lee. We
1: just we like to
0: call you Punch. <laughs> no, he, he's much more of a John than a Punch. I you think so. I don't ride a motorcycle. Well, it's, it's fine. Have you ever ridden One, a motorcycle?
8: I've got too too short of a leg, oh. so they have to get me like a moped. <laughs> are you a
0: moped cop?
8: Are you working today or what's up? I am. I'm actually sitting in my office. So what do you do? You're a
0: supervisor over what? CID. I'm one of the sergeants in CID now. Which is like you're going out there to to do investigations?
8: Well, I still do some investigations. Uh it's running the day-to-day. Uh I have a squad of about 5 off ops- uh, detectives. That's cool. And true. wake up here, assign cases and review cases, answer questions and still work on your investigations that you have.
0: That's Wait, did I have? Yeah, Brandon has have, lots that of I investigations. Have. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you one question? Uh-oh. This is oh, a, this is a very big question before we get into talking about Special Olympics. Oh, Brian, are you geez. down with JPD? Oh, really? We're going to do this. Kelly. No, no,
1: that's not the answer. Brian, Brian,
0: are you down with JPD?
1: Yeah, you know me.
0: Who down with oh, JPD? Yeah, you know 80s. me. <laughs> All
1: right,
0: I'm going to give you the chance, okay? Actually, the 90s it's the '90s. Mm-hmm. Your buddies are listening yeah, right is the now. 90s. Let's give them the chance. I know they are. They text me already. Let's give them the chance to hear you do this. Hey, Brian Arnold. It's so early? Are you down with JPD? Hey, yeah, you know me. Hey! <laughs> who, down- <laughs> who down with JPD? <laughs> hey, I think it's cool though uh, that Chief Elliot allows you to still be involved in the Special Olympics. Uh, that's a big deal. It's been a passion project of yours for so many years now. Oh
8: man, yeah, it is. Uh, it, of course. I got, I don't know, kind of got kind of talked into doing it. And I'm okay, cool, yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm the guy
0: over it. No, you you, you spearhead there. it. Yeah, you spearhead the Special Olympics and the stuff that Very goes much. on. So, so coming up, we have the Polar Plunge. Obviously, it turns cold. And people start to think, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine jumping in cold water. But you're doing it for a great reason, which is to raise money. I've done this uh, multiple times over the years. And it's coming up again. What's our date?
8: Our date is February 8th. We will be plunging at the Wolf Creek Apartments at 500 North Caraway. Hold on. <laughs> ah, didn't want to cough in your ear.
0: No, thank you. Uh,
8: <laughs> yeah, You're welcome.
0: I appreciate that.
8: Uh, uh, 500 North Caraway at Wolf Creek Apartments. Uh, registration will start at 530 uh, with the plunge kicking off at 6. Uh, this year, we're actually combining our Jonesboro and A-State plunge oh, cool. uh, for you few years we had them separated but this year we're going to uh combine them together and have one plunge and hopefully have a lot of participation and some people willing to jump at five thirty at night
0: yeah so it's a you know, tuesday it'll be warm uh, oh yeah it'll be very warm in february but but, <laughs> but here's the deal it doesn't <laughs> well, matter because we got, this
8: is arkansas who knows what yeah,
0: the weather's going to be that's like. true Hey, but the deal is, you know, when people go out there to do this, this isn't like, I mean, yeah, you can just jump in in your T-shirt or no T-shirt or whatever you want to do. Um, right. But some people get dressed up and go all out. Like, I've, I've dressed up as a cheerleader before. I've gone as a pageant queen before. Um, it's its a really fun event to be a part of.
8: Right, right. It is. Um, we have a good time. Uh, we have a lot of participation from the ASU and, of course, the community. Uh, fraternity sororities get involved. Yeah. Uh, some other, uh, student activities get involved out there and they do dress up. We have people in the community dress up and it's, it is fun, um, uh, I don't dress up. I'm usually don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, it's just usually me in a pair of shorts and then I jump in and whew, it's cold.
0: Yeah. But you and the shorts look silly enough. You don't have to dress up. You're right about that. <laughs>
1: kind of reminds me of Reno 911. Yes. <laughs>
8: no, no, no. We don't run the, run the short shorts. We do do some new boot goofing, but oh, uh, we okay. don't run the short shorts.
0: Why is it so important uh, to support Special Olympics? I mean, I've had the chance to get to know so many of the athletes, and I see oh, them yeah. out in public, and every time it's like fist bumps and hugs and handshakes and laughs. And uh, I know that's what got you hooked, but why? why is this a good deal for us to support?
8: Well, Special Olympics Arkansas or Special Olympics International, um, most people consider just Special Olympics like a one-event thing, like our area games. We have spring our area uh, games that we have in the spring, and that's all they know of Special Olympics. Special Mm -hmm. Olympics is a year-round sports training and athletic competition for our athletes. Mm -hmm. In Arkansas, we have over 15,000 athletes, uh, roughly about a – 1,000 of them up in northeast Arkansas. And these athletes get a chance to go out and compete against their peers. Um, The beautiful thing about Special Olympics is everybody is included. You can do unified sports where they stick you with an athlete. Y'all have teams. You can do bocce, uh, floor hockey, which, again, is really fun. Um, And... Uh, softball, flag football. I mean, there's so many uh, events that are unified, and it's a way to get out there. And these these athletes give 110% every time. Yeah, And to watch them compete and watch them cheer each other on, it is it is the purest form of sports out there and competition. So it's great, and it's heartwarming. And like you said, you come up, they give you a hug because yeah. you're there to watch them.
0: So when people do this, when they say they want to be a part of the Polar Plunge, uh, mm-hmm. what's the fee to be a part of that? And I know all that goes to Special Olympics, but what's it the does. what's the fee?
8: Well, we, uh, it's not really a fee. We look for donations. A okay. uh, Minimum donation of $50 allows you to plunge and get official an official plunge T-shirt. Uh, depending on the donation amounts, we've changed some things. Yeah, I know when you were plunging, we did like, a T-shirt, a towel, a robe, or, or something like that, correct? Right. Yeah, right. Well, the last few years, we've gone a different route. Um, at each plunge, there is a chance to win a $200, $250 gift certificate.
0: Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
8: For cash. Yeah, um, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. I got a wife. I'll at take it. In the end, depending <laughs> on your donation amount, you are... You get three raffle tickets, seven, 10 on up to the 1500 plus and you get 25 raffle tickets. Nice. At the end of our plunge season, we do a drawing for $1,000 giveaway, uh, three of them. So you have a chance to win $3,000 yeah. just for taking a five second plunge.
0: Yeah. And it's the uh, weird thing about it is it's awkwardly fun. I don't know what makes it fun because it it's, it's something you just don't do. But when you do, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool.
8: You get done with, you're like, oh, you're dreading it, you're dreading it, and you're dreading it. And then I'll count them down, and sometimes you stop them, and then the anticipation kind of builds up. and they're, I've been yelled at. I think I've been cussed at yeah. because I didn't count to three quick enough. <laughs> and and so they uh, once you hit the three, they'll jump in, and just the faces light up because their feet are hitting that cold water.
0: Yeah. And they're in and out. No, yeah, you don't hang yeah. out in there. You don't hang out. It's like no, your your no, body naturally no, says get out of this water.
8: No, there is no hanging out in that water. And um just yeah. So you, you just don't
0: do it. If people want uh, to, to go ahead and say they want to make a donation to be a part of this, do they do that online? Do they just show up at the Wolf Creek apartments on February the eighth? How does that look?
8: They can do it online. They can go to Special OlympicsArkansas.org forward slash Polar-Plunge.html. I okay. just sent you that brochure, so okay. that's a lot. That's a mouthful. Or yeah. they can just go to Special Olympics Arkansas and make a donation as well. That way, um, we're always looking for people to plunge. We're always looking for some donations. Like I said, this this is a year round ordeal. Um, the these athletes are training. We've got probably I think ten athletes that are training for the USA games starting June 5th of this year Mm -hmm. uh, down in Orlando uh, at zero cost to them. Arkansas is one of the five states in the U S that pays 100% for their athletes to attend, whether it's area games, USA games, international games, state games, whatever, wherever we send them, we pay 100% of the cost to get them there, the food, the room, the board, uniforms, uniforms, everything. Go Arkansas. So, yeah. So most states do a 50-50 split or 60-40 split. The athletes are having to come up with some monies, you know, as well. We want to pay for everything because a lot of the athletes are already under some type of burden sure. already with, you know, medical issues or something, and they don't need to have to worry about if they qualify. You know, you qualify for it and then it's like, ah, you don't get to go because you we ain't got the money. Right. You know? We don't need so, that.
0: Yeah, we don't need it. If you
8: qualify, we're going to try to get you there.
0: So again, it's the oh. Polar Plunge for Special Olympics. It happens on Tuesday, February the 8th, uh, 5.30, get there. Plunge starts at 6 at the Wolf Creek Apartments. And you can find out more if you go to SpecialOlympicsArkansas.org. <clears throat> and Brian Arnold, as always, I know you're busy, but we appreciate you uh, talking to us this morning. and. A shout out to all of our friends at JPD.
8: Well, I appreciate it. You know me. Hey,
1: there he goes.
0: <laughs> we'll see you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, you down with JPD?
1: Yeah, you know me. It's
0: the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Inc. <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club.
6: Hey,
1: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family
2: Inc.
6: We'll get back to the show.
2: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
0: Okay, we're joined this morning by Dr. James Dalton, who is a quality assurance consultant with our buddies at Families Inc. Counseling Services. Good morning, James. How are you?
9: Good morning. Doing well. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Hey, man. Thanks for uh, chatting with us this morning. Where do I find you this morning? As we're obviously we're in northeast Arkansas. Where are you this morning?
9: Uh, well, I'm in little town of Henderson, Tennessee. Um, little. South of Jackson, Tennessee, and a little ways away from you for sure.
0: You know what? I think uh, awkwardly enough, I think I've wrestled in Henderson, Tennessee, before. Really? So it's been a minute. Wow. Probably okay. back in the nineties. <laughs> Were you alive in the nineties, yeah. James?
5: I-, I was alive in the nineties. Yeah, okay. just checking. Born in the eighties.
0: Okay, let's talk about this because even though you live in Tennessee now, like you're a northeast Arkansas guy.
9: Uh, yeah, I, li- I lived in uh, liveville Arkansas for a while, and actually preached there. And then I was in Osceola, Arkansas for a while, worked for Families Inc. and uh, commuted to Jonesboro for a while. So I've been in that area for sure. Yeah,
0: that's neat. So, so as we look at this and your title is a, a quality assurance consultant with Families Inc. So you're a counselor and you're a counselor educator. Uh, what does that look like? What does that look like in the roles of, of counseling uh, as you've kind of grown your career?
9: Well, I've, I've been with Families, Inc. since 2008 in some form or another um, in a lot of different roles. Um, I'm a counselor educator. I, I teach and direct the master's counseling program here at Freed Hardeman University you know, here, over here in Henderson, Tennessee. Oh, wow. um, and so I help train counselors. I help supervise new counselors. I work with counselors in a lot of different different ways, really.
0: So as somebody who's a licensed counselor, can you explain kind of what that means? What does it mean when somebody goes and gets licensed to be a counselor?
9: Yeah, when you you go, when somebody goes to see a counselor, they should feel confident that that person knows what they're doing, that they're trained and they're experienced. And so the licensing process is designed to do that. It's it's where the state boards oversee counselors and marriage and family therapists, Mm -hmm. social workers, psychologists, and they make sure that they have certain education and experience before they can become a, a mental health therapist. So I can help you know that who you're seeing knows what they're doing.
0: Yeah. So what does it take if you are a licensed counselor a social worker or a psychologist? What does it take to, to get that license?
9: Well, I, I teach our students that there's four E's of licensure. So the first is education. You have to get a master's degree or a doctoral degree in your field. Yeah. Uh, second E is experience. You have to be supervised for two or three years full-time so that you get experience doing practice of counseling. Okay. The third is examination. You have to pass like licensure exams in the state. And then finally, even after getting the license, you have to get continuing education. And so you still have to continue getting education every couple of years to maintain that license.
0: Yeah, talk to me about that, because that's interesting to me. Because obviously, if you go to become a counselor, there's a whole lot of training that went into that. There's a whole lot of training and the knowledge that was gained through that. What is it with the continuing education? Why is that something that you're you're telling people they have to continue to do?
10: Well, the
9: the... Counseling is a profession that required a lot to get there, like you said, yeah. but it's a lifelong learning profession is what we like to say. And so you need to get continuing education every every year so that you continue to stay on top of the newest uh, research, the newest cutting edge information, yeah. but also so that you make sure you don't forget things you once knew. And so, yeah, we, we require all of our professionals to get some continuing education every year and to maintain some training in ethics every couple of years too.
0: All right, so what does that mean? If you're talking about ethics specifically, uh, is there really a need for a mental health professional to go through ethics training that's continued education?
9: Well, it ties back to the licensing board's responsibility. Uh, Their primary responsibility is to protect the citizens of the state, citizens of Arkansas. And so if a mental health professional was to start violating their code of ethics, they have a great potential of risk of harming harming people. And so requiring all of their counselors and social workers and psychologists to keep getting some training in uh, ethics just make sure that they are protecting the citizens of Arkansas.
0: So as we talk through as we talk through that, you know, we've seen people on TV who are are psychologists and mental health uh, therapists and all the different things that we see on TV and sometimes um, you know they're kind of painted with a different brush. Sometimes if you see somebody like that you're thinking, ah, oh, I wonder if they're on the up and up. I wonder what's going on in their life. I wonder if they're going to do this right. Um, maybe you're going to start thinking about, ooh, I wonder who that therapist is thinking about. It's interesting to think about that from the way it's portrayed on TV. And I would assume it's probably a lot different in true practice.
9: And that's exactly right. The the TV is uh, shows are really have a lot of fun with, with our profession. They right. like to make fun of us. Writers seem to keep going back to that for any time you see a mental health professional. But the TV shows, I hope that our list, your listeners recognize that when they see a therapist on TV, it's, it's just that it's pretend and it's not how a true mental health professional should and hopefully would act.
0: Right. So we talk about ethics and we talk about how, you know, you see a mental health professional portrayed in TV and in the movies Uh, that brings us to a point where you have some training going on. That's going to basically connect those two things together. Can you tell us about the training that you're offering?
9: Uh, Yeah. So on February 18th, I'm going to be at Family Think there in Jonesboro presenting a training titled More Ethical Than a TV Therapist. (laughs) Um, And we're going to look at some clips from TV shows where you see some of these therapists acting unethically and talk about our code of ethics and what our codes say about their actions and where they went wrong. And we'll talk about what they could have done and should have done instead. So it's going to be a fun way to complete some continuing education in ethics and informative at the same
0: time. So is that available just to people who are working with Families, Inc., or is that open to everybody?
9: It's open to any mental health professionals, and we're going to allow our staff to come for free. Uh, But for anybody else, it's $30, and they can participate in person in Jonesboro. They can attend through the webinar online, so they don't even have to be in Jonesboro to attend.
0: So as we kind of uh, begin to wrap this up, what would you say we want to emphasize to people out there who are hearing this either to the people who are just uh, listeners who aren't involved with mental health, or maybe there's people out there who are headed to a job with mental health. What do you think the main takeaway is?
9: Well, um, first, I, I guess to be confident that if you seek out mental health professionals, then you have somebody that's completed a rigorous training program and that gets continuing education. And that's the type of person you should have as your therapist. But, Second, you can be confident that if you seek out mental health therapy, it's conducted more professionally than what you're going to see on TV. Right. And so if you're hurting, I just really urge people, if they're if you're struggling with things, you need somebody to help them, then seek out that help. And you can start counseling services at Families, Inc. by calling 870-933-6886. Yeah. And for any listeners that are mental health professionals, I encourage them to consider the upcoming continuing education training at Family Inc. So it's going to be February 18th from 9 to twelve more ethical than a TV therapist, and they can register at our website at familiesinc.net.
0: All right, we appreciate your time this morning. It's Dr. James Dalton, a Northeast Arkansas resident living in Tennessee. And hey, best of luck, man. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, okay?
9: All right, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. James Dalton on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc.
2: You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning
1: right here
2: on the Big 1079 K Fine. And this is the K Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Counseling Services.
0: We're joined this morning by a longtime friend and supporter of the show, Sherry Bobbitt. Sherry Bobbitt, how the heck Hi. are you?
6: <laughs> <laughs> how are y'all?
0: Hey, we're doing all right. How are you this morning?
6: I am great.
0: I do want to say one big thing, because it's been a minute since we've really had the chance to connect with you really well, but congratulations on the new baby.
6: Uh, well, that made, you just made it sound like Brandon. I had a baby.
1: What? It, he did
0: it on purpose, no, Sherry. No, yes, no, he I did. Didn't. He no. did. He's laughing.
1: No, I didn't.
6: <laughs> so uh, you know, it, it, it's been really great seeing... Um, You know, 60 plus years old and having a baby. Uh Congratulations. A modern
0: medical miracle.
6: I know I am, aren't I? I I really am. So, you know.
1: He's too much, Sherry.
0: I'm sorry. Now, listen, she has a baby there with her, right, Mm Sherry?
6: I do. I have my grandbaby Millie with me. Oh, and it's. Yeah, she'll be a year old next week.
0: All right. So, you excited about that?
6: I am. She's. She's a, she's
0: a fun baby. So, so is it every, do you babysit every day?
6: No, just Monday, Wednesday, Fridays.
0: Okay. So So, you've always loved kids.
6: I need a break.
0: No, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk to you today about the prom fashion show. You know, for so many years you have uh, been a part of that. And when I first started doing the prom fashion show with Yolanda, I thought you worked for the March of Dimes, right? Because you were always there. You were the one who was working tirelessly And then I figured out, wait a minute, Sherry Bobbitt is a volunteer who gives her time to this organization. And you've given so many hours to so many young people to put the show together over the years. What makes the Prom Fashion Show so special to you that you keep coming back and doing this over and over?
6: Being able to work with these teenagers is one thing. They are phenomenal They give up their time. Um, We've been practicing. We're practicing every Sunday the week of or the month of January, and um, they're just they're just so much fun, and they just bring so much energy, and that energy rubs off on me, and and I just love working with them. Um, When we were doing March of Dimes, uh, I really loved the mission of the March of Dimes, but I'm also excited that this year. We are no longer associated with the Marquise Dimes. We are the Northeast Arkansas Chain Reaction Youth Council now. Right. And um, this year, our prom fashion show is benefiting Make-A-Wish. That's awesome. And, you know, Make-A-Wish is a really a favorite charity for a lot of Northeast Arkansas um, listeners. Yep. They, uh, they're big supporters of Make-A-Wish. And so we're excited to be a associated with them
0: this year so with when you think of make a wish and you think about how that helps people i've i've had the chance to be there to see people have their wish granted and the emotion there for the person who gets the wish granted obviously the big surprise but for the family and those who are close to them it really is like a magical special moment that once you're a part of it you'll never forget it
6: well you know that would i I haven't ever got to experience that and and I hope that uh we get to do that this year. we get to see our money that we raise uh, we we hope to get to see that wish granted yeah. um but you know one of the other great things about make a wish is they know that granting those wishes actually helps the the health of the child yeah. it's not just about. Giving them something that they want, it 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 helps them help a lot, and it helps their their family. It gives them, um, you know, sometimes you can just be so down, and it's the same routine, and you get something new, and it it just lifts you up. And so, I I love that about these wishes.
0: So the reason we do this is to raise money. That's the reason we've done the prom fashion show for so many different years. And obviously again, we're now benefiting make a wish area high school students from all around the area come together and they put together the effort to put a show together and it's their presentation. It's their vision and it's singing, it's dancing, it's modeling as, as far as all the prom fashion, this really is one of the, the real fun events, especially for young people. One of the most fun events that happens in Northeast Arkansas. Well, thank
6: you. I, I I feel like that—that that it is, and uh, it, it's nice to hear you say that. Um, it, having having MCs like you and Kelly with us, uh, you help make that show. You help make that excitement for them. Well, thank you. And they—they uh, they do have fun, and uh, I think it is something that they look forward to doing. I know my council does. Yeah. They S- enjoy getting to put it on.
0: So the March of Dimes, I'm sorry, I'm I'm going back to March of Dimes, the Make-A-Wish Prom Fashion Show is going to be happening uh, coming up real soon. I mean, as we look at the date, what are we, just a little more than a week away?
6: Just a little over a week away. It's going to be Saturday, February the 5th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Brooklyn High School Auditorium.
0: So, Sherry, if people want to grab tickets, I know a lot of young people like to go and support their friends and parents like to go. and People who want to support Make-A-Wish like to buy the tickets. If they want to do that and they want to get those tickets, can they get them in advance?
6: They can. All of the models and all of our council members have tickets. Um, They're $10, but they can also get tickets at the door, and they're, they're $10 at the door as well.
0: So again, it's the prom fashion show put together by the Northeast Arkansas Chain Reaction Youth Council. This year, it benefits Make-A-Wish. It happens on Saturday, February the 5th. And Sherry Bobbitt, as always, will be there as the uh, the ringleader, keeping all the young people in check. and. Sometimes we have to keep Sherry in check, especially now that she has a new baby.
1: Brandon. Uh, but,
0: <laughs> what?
6: You, you, just, no, you never know about me, do you, Brandon? Uh-huh. You know what? Ever.
0: I didn't even realize that you were with child until today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, you
6: started talking to me today.
0: See, mm-hmm. she this is with why, child right now. Happens,
6: okay. Yeah, this is what happens during a
0: pandemic, you know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> No social distancing at the Bobbitt household.
6: Uh, <laughs> All
0: right. Tell your family we said hello, okay?
6: Okay. All right. I'll talk to
0: you later. We love you, Sharon. We talk to you both. All right. We love you. Love you, too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Sherry Bobbitt on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, (laughs) powered by Families, Inc.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
6: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show.
2: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All
0: right, we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. He is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care joins us. For Wet Nose Wednesday. Good morning, Doc. Are you already in the office? Hey, good morning. Yes. I'm already seeing a couple of patients. All right. Starts early, right? A man as busy as you with so many people to serve, you gotta start today early.
5: You gotta start early every morning. All right.
0: So uh cold weather, anything we should think about with our pets in this really cold weather? Because, you know, we're looking at temperatures where the wind chill is, you know, ten degrees today.
5: Yeah, and, you know, we always mention this when we have these cold cold snaps, uh, you know, if at all possible, any way possible, keep your pet inside. You know, if it's too cold for you outside, it's probably too cold for your pets. Uh, if they have to stay outside, make sure they have, you know, a place to get shelter out of the, out of the wind and the, and the weather and uh, frequently check their water bowls because um, the low temperatures like we've had over, um, a few days this month, uh, you know, they'll freeze pretty quickly. And, um, it's important that they get access to water, you know, throughout the day.
0: Do you ever see the effects of a, of a pet, a dog or a cat that's been left outside too long in the cold? Does that ever happen where people bring them in like, oh my gosh, what's going on here?
5: We've seen in the past, you know, especially geriatric dogs or dogs that have some health conditions, you know, they come in and present with hypothermia. Their temperature, which normally runs between 100 and 102 and a half, will sometimes be down around 90. Hmm. And you know, when it gets that low, they're basically just semi-conscious. Wow. Um, you know, older dogs that may not have a lot of body fat, um, you know, they're very prone to that. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, some of them, you know, it, they they may not be able to be you know, return to health because it's depending on how long they're staying outside. But, um, you know, a lot of those we can, you know, slowly warm them up and usually give them IV fluids and get them back to where they have a normal body temperature. But the, the best thing is just to keep them inside on days like today.
0: Yeah. Dr. Kevin Reed, Vet Care, Wet Nose Wednesday. He always brings us an educational piece as well. So what do you have that we can educate people around Northeast Arkansas with today?
5: Well, this is kind of an exciting announcement. It happened just, um, let's see, the 12th, I think, of this month. So, what's that, 13 days ago? Uh, the FDA approved a new drug for the use of osteoarthritis in cats. And and a little background on, you know, cats uh, and arthritis and, and the drug use for that. You know, we're seeing, that's usually a chronic condition, usually in geriatric cats, and we're seeing cats living longer and longer. I saw an 18-year-old cat yesterday. Last week, I saw a 19-year-old cat. And, uh, you know, uh, average life expectancy is 15 to 16, but some of them are going beyond that. And with that aging change comes arthritis, just like in people and dogs, and just about any animal, older animal, can develop some osteoarthritis. And we do have some non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. None of them are actually approved for for use in arthritis in cats, but we do use them. Uh, They're they're more analgesics for short-term use, like three to five days. And the the problem with non-steroidals in cats is they have a low capacity for a process called hepatic glucuronidation. And what that is, that's a, a mechanism the liver uses to metabolize and excrete and eliminate this category of drugs and also other drugs. That's why Tylenol is toxic to cats because they can't, um, they don't have that enzyme to glucuronidate it and, and make it um, metabolize it and make it less toxic. So while we can use these non steroidals short term, they're not real good for long term use. Right. And like I said, just about two weeks ago, the FDA granted approval for the first treatment. For the control of pain associated with osteoarthritis, and it's uh, it's actually a monoclonal antibody, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, they named it Brunevix Mab, and uh, it's a cat-specific monoclonal antibody designed to recognize and attach to a protein called nerve growth factor, thing that's involved in the regulation of pain. And when this drug binds to the nerve growth factor, it prevents the pain signal from reaching the brain. Oh, wow. And the nice thing about this, and I think a lot of cat owners will be excited, uh, it's an injection that's given once a month. So you're not having to give your cat something every day or every other day. Right. Cats are notoriously difficult to medicate with oral medicine sometimes. And uh, so, you know, it's just another thing that we can use in our geriatric cats that... Um, Life. So, this is going to be exciting. That I use, and it. it's not even in the supply chain yet, but I, it probably will be within the next month or so. And um, I'm, I'm just to have it available because I can think of a lot of cats right now that would do very well with it. And, uh, you know, anytime we get a new drug that's approved and been through some um, clinical trials. And this has minimal side effects, and that's always a good thing for any kind of medication use or
0: pet. So, when that's available, I guess we'll be back on the radio with it. More than likely, you'll put that up on your Facebook page as well, right?
5: Right. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll announce it on our social media, and uh, just uh, you know, uh, just stay tuned. Especially if you have a geriatric cat that has arthritis, because I think this is going to make a big difference in their lives.
0: There you go. Wet Nose Wednesday with the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. So you can find out more about vet care if you go to vet-care.com or on Facebook. You can search VetCare Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, get back to it, man. We appreciate you this morning. All right. Thank you. Stay warm. All right. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right. All right, Dr. Kevin Reed on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the
2: K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
6: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show.
2: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
0: All right, we're joined this morning by our buddy Danny Graham, Ag for Autism. Danny, how are you this morning?
10: Doing great. How are you guys?
0: We're doing all right. What have you been up to?
10: Oh, man, just running around trying to catch a few of uh, these folks to uh, try and let them know what we got coming up,
8: February the 13th.
0: So to work in the agriculture world, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of long hours and stuff like that. What happens in the middle of January or at the end of January when it's like 10 degrees outside?
10: Um, pretty much everybody hibernates. So uh, <laughs> we, we just try and do what we can to find them and uh, work with them best we can.
0: Yeah, so tell me your role in agriculture. Let's kind of remind people as to what you do.
10: Um, I, I sell corn and soybean seed. Right. That's, uh, I work with the grower and try and pick the right corn hybrids and bean varieties for them and uh, try and work with them in that capacity.
0: So the vision behind Ag for Autism, when you guys had the idea that you wanted to put this organization together, uh, this was a deal that wasn't going to be about one certain company or one type of agriculture. It was like the entire community wanted to wrap their arms around uh, the autism space. So, so tell me about Ag for Autism.
10: Uh, yes, we uh, we are definitely a totally dependent upon donations from individuals and corporations. Uh, we're a five hundred one c three, so everything folks do with us is uh, tax deductible. But we've been currently in the past working uh, primarily with agriculture. Agriculture being the backbone in northeast Arkansas. Right. But then we realized how many other people and uh, roles were affected by autism. So we've tried to branch out and not pigeonhole ourselves just with agriculture to reach out to the uh, manufacturing companies in uh, Northeast Arkansas and uh, the lending institutions, just just about anybody and everybody is affected by autism in some way. Right.
0: So when we look at this and we think about raising money for Ag for Autism, uh, when we raise money, when we fundraise, where does that money go and how does that help?
10: Okay. Uh, 100% of our, our money gets uh, distributed out amongst uh, school districts that apply for grants or individuals that, that work with children with autism mm-hmm. and uh, caregivers. Anybody that, that, that plays a role and influences the life of an autistic child, we try and get them the tools and resources they need to make their job easier.
0: So as we look at this, you know, we've done a ton of different things with you over the years to fundraise different events at different locations with different elements and, and you're kind of shaking it up and doing something different this year. And we wanted to bring you on today. So you could uh, kind of talk about what's happening on Sunday, February the 13th.
10: Yes, we're, uh, we're, we're going to do our event around the uh, Super Bowl this year. We're going to, uh, have a big, uh, dinner, uh, ribs, chicken, all that sort of thing. Uh, Going to have the opportunities to uh, win some trigger grills, Benelli shotgun, a lot of silent uh, auction items. Uh, we're going to have a really good time, and everything's going to revolve around the Super Bowl. We're going to have it uh, projected on several screens and TVs throughout the uh, the Glass Factory there where we're having it. We're going to try and start about three o'clock and uh, end when uh, everybody goes home.
0: And so it's going to be a full day, right?
10: (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it.
0: Now, if people want to uh, get tickets, do they need to get those tickets or reserve space in advance?
10: Yes, sir. We're uh, starting out. We're going to try and limit it to uh, 250 uh, people just to make sure we do it right and everybody has a good time. Uh, The best way to find a ticket is to go to our Facebook page. Uh, you can find a, a link there that allow you to get tickets, or to our website of www.agforautism.org. Okay.
0: Well, I think the important thing that you mentioned there is tickets are going to be limited. So, if you want to be a part of that, you really need to go ahead and guarantee your spot quick.
10: Yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. They're they're selling out pretty quick. We still got several, uh, still got several spots that we need filled as far as sponsorship and certainly need uh, donation items to go into our silent auction. So everybody will have the opportunity to buy something, spend some money, uh, and appreciate the people that are putting this on and uh, donating to this organization. Because we are are solely relying upon them and their generosity. And so far, they have been very generous, and we hope to uh, continue to do that.
0: So let's say there's somebody out there who's listening right now who has a business or they have a personal interest in and maybe sponsoring, um, you know, Ag for Autism and, and uh, Autism Awareness and all that. What do they need to do to reach out to you guys if they maybe want to do a sponsorship or maybe there's somebody who's like, oh, I'd like to give this as a, as a, as a raffle prize. Uh, what can people do?
10: Honestly, the best way with uh, social media being what it is, go to the uh, Facebook page. and We have a really neat link there that tells you all the different types of sponsorships available. Or uh, if you want to donate, you can click on that. Uh, it'll tell you how to get a hold of us. Um, there's several uh, members involved that, that work at Unico Bank, uh, Farm Credit, Cash River Valley Seed, myself. Uh, there's there's just several organizations around town that have individuals that are on the board that you could talk to them even. But the best way, I would say, is go to one of our social media platforms and there's a link there and it'll tell you exactly how to do it and it's real simple
0: there you go it's danny graham getting set for ag for autism and their big fundraising event which is happening at the glass factory on sunday february the 13th it's super bowl sunday the big game and raising money for ag for autism danny it's always nice talking to you and we appreciate you uh giving us some time this morning
10: hey thank you brandon we certainly appreciate you guys and look forward to seeing everybody on the 13th
0: There you go. Danny Graham joins us this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. This
2: is Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, it's the K-Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families, Inc. We got the news today that our friend Sherry Bobbitt is with child. So congratulations (laughs) to Sherry.
1: Or, Or her grandchild was with her. You like to no. I never like to say things in a little bit of a different order. Sometimes I said so. she was
0: with child. She okay. is with her grandchild. Uh-huh. So congratulations to Sherry Bobbitt. If you know her, congratulate what? her what today. What is wrong? With you? <laughs> congratulate her today on being with child. <laughs> Sherry Bobbitt.
1: Oh,
4: Brandon, what? No, what I'm, I'm just. I wanted that? to make
0: sure people know. Uh, also, Dr. Shane Spites. He was on with us this morning. We talked about COVID. We talked about ivermectin. We talked about all these different people that we know. I know more people with COVID right now than I have in the whole time in the pandemic, like yeah, family mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so we talked about that with Dr. Shane Spites. Brian Arnold was on with us this morning. Uh, we talked about Special Olympics Arkansas and the Polar Plunge, which is coming up. Uh, Danny Graham talked Ag for Autism. They're doing a big thing for the big game. We talked to him. Uh, Dr. Kevin Reed from Care was on with us. And also today we talked about uh, Quality Assurance, with Dr. James Dalton, who's a part of Families, Inc. So all that on today's Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Chapter five of the book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus. I can see
1: your voice. The Amazing Race. Let's Make a Deal. Prime Time. Watch What Happens Live on Bravo with Paris and Kathy Hilton. That should be good. And also the series premiere of American Rock Stars on Peacock. This is a four-part docu series about Team USA preparing to defend their
0: gold medal in curling
1: in the Winter Olympics.
0: All right. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.